guys welcome to csf talks our podcast and now in today's episode we have an amazing member she has been the charter president of chennai speakers forum a ca by profession and now works in the space of leadership consulting as a project manager she has been a toastmaster since 2010 till 2017 and now rejoined in 2020 no points for guessing the most cheerful area director arna chugani hi arna how are you doing hi vandana hi angi thank you for having me here today hey arna we're super we're excited, so excited to have you on the show thank exactly. you likewise nice arna uh, can you recall some exciting moments as the founding president of csf i think our entire process of chartering the club was filled with excitement to say the least so for those of you who are new uh, to the club i think some context for you we were a part we were one club with chennai toastmasters club and then because the club grew in size a few of the senior members of the club decided let's split the club into two uh, with half of the members going in and forming another club so that all members get the opportunity and lots of role playing opportunity within the clubs and that's how csf was born we were a very young team when we started off uh, most of us let me not share the average age but we were quite young and uh, yeah and so i think for us it was just really about figuring out a way of how do we be a part of be of support of a new club but also we just we just did some really crazy things we just experimented so much and had a lot of fun i think some of the uh some of the most exciting moments as you asked vandana i think was uh, we did in our very i think it was just about our 15th meeting or something and it was christmas and uh, we went shopping to sarona stores where we we had a specific budget so we were very low on budget so within that budget we were trying to get gifts for all of our members uh, you all know dtm vivek uh, dtm vivek then was our treasurer and he was also our santa and so we went shopping for a to rent a santa costume just one day before the meeting because we didn't know what we were going to do in that meeting uh, and then we've just done some really innovative slash crazy slash experimental things when we started off to build that kind of camaraderie that still continues to exist in csf so i don't know if that's exciting enough for you but it definitely was very exciting for us at that time thank you so much arna for sharing that uh, lovely experience i think we are going to be asking dtm vivek on that santa santa story <laughs> i think you definitely should and i think the upcoming christmas meeting relive some of those memories <laughs> sure definitely definitely like but could you so uh, throw some light on your csf 2.0 journey like what is the idea behind it yeah i actually love the terminology that that you have in this question it really was it really has been a 2.0 journey um so like vandana said right at the intro i was with toastmasters and it was a huge part of my uh, my week i joined toastmasters when i was straight out of school so very young it was a big part of you know the the identity i built for myself um and in 2017 for different reasons uh, some because i happened to travel to delhi some because of personal reasons i started to lose confidence in myself i uh 
yeah just started losing my identity as a speaker and for for yeah so many reasons that happened uh, in that span of a couple of years i was away from a, a forum that i really identified with uh, so deeply and coming back i think uh, in 2020 when i returned to chennai of course one of my biggest reasons to come back in full force to toastmasters was dtm saro i remember pinging him he was the district finance manager i remember pinging him and asking him if i could be a small part of his team or if i could just volunteer with him in some ways because i really wanted to start building that thread back that would help me return to toastmasters um and uh, dtm saro agreed and the i came back to csf the club was just so warm and inviting uh i think my 2.0 is a journey with csf particularly was a lot about building uh, or rebuilding it was about building familiarity with some of the processes and the culture of the club because of course we had moved to pathways and so the curriculum was new to me uh, some of the culture of the club with uh, with lots of new members was different to me so just rebuilding some of that familiarity it was also a big part of rebuilding uh, some of my friendships and relationships with newer members and i am so blessed that two years down i just have so many deep friendships with members in the club and i think it was also a lot about building comfort and confidence angi uh, because uh, this time around with the choices of speeches i'm doing with the choices of decisions i'm taking about my leadership journey uh it's it has very specific goals in mind uh but at the same time it's about rebuilding some of the confidence i had once lost uh and just rebuilding myself uh to be um, to connect much better with uh, my team as well as with my audience so yeah it's been it's been a really nice uh inviting journey back to the club and i think uh, there was no better way i could have done that Uh, if not for csf so yeah all we we senti we are also inspired by your journey and more than happy to have you back mm-hmm. and uh, on that note i would also like to know uh, what are the skills that toastmasters helped you pick up and how relevant it is to life outside of toastmasters mm, thank you vandana i think before i respond to that i must say that, that uh, we do have our uh, outgoing president here on the call with us and i'm sure he's not very happy of all of the, with all of the the pushbacks and the deadlines and all of that i used to remind him of uh, but let's <laughs> let's talk about some of the question vandana i think skills is a very interesting word because uh, they because skills of course talks about things that you can observe on the outside in terms of impact and in terms of results and outcome but uh, it also encompasses some of them the things which are you know probably a layer deeper which are more behavioral in nature that toastmasters also you know we as members of toastmasters also have that potential to be able to go through that journey of transformation um but i will share with you some things which i observed are more tangible skill sets for me uh, both when i was completely in the forum and then when i stepped away to the outside world and uh, had that opportunity to also be you know away from it for a little time and come back we in toastmasters talk so much about enhancing our public speaking and leadership skills i think for me it is uh, definitely that 
but it's an addition so it's le speaking leadership and and the, the the third and that is very important for me is i think it's helped me become a better listener uh, and a better listener not just for the sake of listening as a speaker it's helped me become a better listener in terms of being able to listen to what the audience wants how is the audience responding uh, to what i'm saying what is their silence telling me uh, so in terms of a speaker just being able to listen and connect better with the audience and in terms of uh, of being a leader which is a, a more recent opportunity that i have taken up with toastmasters it's also helped me listen to what does my team want what do they individually want to learn from being a part of this uh, what do what do each of my clubs want so we as you all know we have four to five clubs in each area and each individual club has its own needs has, has its own challenges and so something i've been exploring is also how to listen to each club individually uh, instead of a one formula fits all kind of uh, approach we've also tried to be more specific in terms of supporting clubs with their specific journeys so i think uh, for me it's of course speaking and leadership as we all know but also the skill of listening has been very significant for me which is also translated into uh, lots of growth for me outside of toastmasters as well i don't i, I hope that answers uh, the kind of direction you wanted this, this question to go about yeah it, it definitely did uh, i mean it, it is a very different perspective when you uh, when you told us how it has impacted various uh, you know phases of your listening but uh, there's one uh, one track that people kind of are hesitant to explore uh, that is the leadership track like if you were to say three reasons why one should you know explore various leadership roles that are there in a club or outside of it what would be right it definitely is a track that is not uh, not explored a lot i didn't explore it for almost a decade right uh, and uh, and yeah i mean it is it's an interesting very interesting question i think something that comes to mind is something that um, i remember a member of uh, a member told me when we were starting csf Uh, and that of course is dtm saru he's a big part of my leadership journey but what he told me then what i still remember is that uh, angi we are a voluntary organization right and mm -hmm. so the structure is very different from you know say when you are leading traditionally as a team leader in your organization or when you're leading as a president of your college right it's a very different structure so mm -hmm. a we we have to remember we are a voluntary organization so we are volunteers who are taking other volunteers along right so it's really a, a leadership without without truly without a title right in many ways and so what happens when you explore leadership in a voluntary organization like this is that you are reduced to the most important aspects of leadership because you're not directive in nature right so the dynamics of leadership are, are on its foundational fundamental basics which is a how can you rally people along how can you take people along with you how can you understand what their goals are and how can you best support them to meet their goals as well as how can you receive support for some of the goals you have 
right? And uh, so, so just the idea of how do you relate with people who are volunteers just like you and who are taking their time out of their regular day, uh, just like you are, uh, how can you get their buy-in? How can you listen to their needs? How can you build empathy and uh, build a team simply for the sake of all of you wanting something common, right? A common goal. And I think that's so important uh, because it teaches you, it removes all of the other flair of titles and leadership. And it teaches you that foundational basics, which we might tend to miss out if we have all of those titles attached outside of Toastmasters. So for me, it really has been, um, that's basically, if, if anyone's considering, should I or should I not embark upon leadership in Toastmasters? Um, this is really my experience of that. I think, um, I think it's it's a journey which is uh, you know <laughs> which you can have your own speed breakers in, but it's also that there is such a big community of support, and so if you find your way and if you really manage to connect with people, uh, you really can, you know, you really can build something very very beautiful through this. Yeah, again, I'm uh, I'm sorry for a very philosophical approach to this answer. But I think it's very important for us when we think of leadership in Toastmasters to time and again remind ourselves that this at the end of the day is a voluntary organization. And if we do that, then our approach itself changes uh, drastically and we can do much better. As, uh, exactly. You know, and so well put, here. Arna, that uh, I think you just touched the very core of leadership wherein uh, it's, it's something that comes uh, through you know your own drive your own passion and your ability to pull people along and uh, that way I guess Toastmasters is a platform like no other and uh, to members outside the club and how should they be prepared for it yeah interesting question um so uh, so outside of the club right so we know club leadership roles so we know what the XCOM does in a club. So similarly, like what an XCOM does in a club, we do have, uh, so let me take it in a couple of different parts. Let's say the first part is really leadership with some role, right? Some role associated with it. So of course we leadership at the area level. So currently I am working with the area, which is a, uh, as an area director which an area is about, you know, four to five clubs coming together to form an area. And then you, of course, have the division, which is four to five areas coming together to form a division. So you have leadership opportunities at the division. And then you have the district, uh, 20, and you have lots of leadership opportunities to lead the district. So uh, look at it as an inverted pyramid. We have members at the front at the, you know, the most important. And then we have members coming together to form a club and clubs coming together to form an area and then a division and then the district. And of course, we move beyond the district as well. So in terms of roles, um, there are leadership opportunities across all of these on an inverted pyramid. The other kind of leadership path, uh, Vandana, is in terms of mentoring. I see mentoring as a huge leadership opportunity so you have you can be mentors coach of a club um, that is rebuilding itself and so you can support in terms of that 
um so mentoring is another big track and then the third i think which is a more which is leadership that not many of us realize uh, i know you asked of leadership outside of the club but i think this is something we don't even consider to be leadership in a club but it's very significant which is just everyday leadership or every week leadership in clubs so for example uh, think of this right a, a member does a speech in a meeting and you as an audience type out a very warm message on chat since we're all now on zoom type out a very warm message of feedback on chat and post it on chat right so for everyone to read as well as for that member to read do you think that's an act of uh, being a good audience i actually think it's also an opportunity to be a great leader because what you're providing to another member is a space of encouragement right so just uh, small things like that or i remember very recently uh, angi did toastmaster of the day he took up a toastmaster of the day role in our club right and uh, just his idea of how do you choose a theme that everybody can relate to so taking your role and moving it one step up so that you're bringing in energy into the meeting you're bringing members together and you're giving them a platform for a really interesting meeting experience is a big act of leadership and so just taking up roles doing your roles preparing for them and uh, thinking about what can i contribute to the club through this particular role as well as by being a wonderful audience uh, in the meeting is also a big act of uh, of every meeting leadership which is much more significant and much more difficult to do in my view and uh, so yeah to summarize there are there's leadership opportunity with roles across different layers then there's leadership opportunities with mentoring in terms of members and clubs and then there's just leadership opportunities with being members of your clubs as well right like the, thank you so much arna because i don't think like me or the audience that are listening to it they've never looked at leadership from this angle like everybody knows there are roles to be done but to have a say on mentorship to look at leadership on every every meeting there's a leadership opportunity i think that is a profound uh, uh, idea thank you so much for sharing that now uh, this is more of a personal question like everyone like i have seen everyone gets pretty excited and i get surely pretty excited for your sessions like beat your speech or an educational session or let it be just a, a attempt at a table topics that is given to you so i have two questions on this one do you feel do you feel there are any expectations or and how do you handle it and two like what are some habits or three things that you have done constantly over the years that you think have made the speaker you are today <laughs> so let's talk about the expectations first uh, on a very candid note like i shared with you before we started this recording i really have not felt a sense of expectation other than this very recording <laughs> so uh, in terms of expectations i think it's it's more um, especially I, i understand your question more coming from a sense of um, you know this reverse halo effect or a halo effect and you know how does that work etc um especially with sessions right because when you do a session you're taking up a lot of time from a meeting um and i think sessions become all the more important um but for me it's not so much about the expectations of that anybody might have for me as a speaker 
I think it's more about the expectations that they have from that session uh, or from my speech, right? Or, you know, from a role that I'm taking up. So let's talk about a session, for example. For me, it's very important that there are 30 people or whatever n number of people collectively giving me 30 minutes of their time, which, uh, which is a lot of time if we look at it collectively. And so for me, it becomes important to understand that when a person, when somebody approaches me for a session, what is their expectation from the session? So my, me as a speaker becomes, you know, takes a back seat. The session is really important for me. So why is it that they feel like I deserve this time from their audience? What is it that they would like their members to leave with at the end of this 30 minutes? So it can be a simple goal, for example, how do I best choose topics for my speech? Or it can be something uh, even more intangible, like how do we build confidence for table topics, right? Uh, so it's important for me to be aligned on what's that goal. And to be aligned on understanding the 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 audience right what does the club comprise of uh, do are most of the audience members new are they what are they looking for is it for a contest is it for otherwise uh, so so for me that expectation setting is something that becomes all the more important similarly for my speeches off late, I wasn't, uh, I must admit, I wasn't like that before. But off late, I've been taking a lot of cognizance into what might be worth my audience's time if I'm taking seven minutes of their time in a speech, uh, and they're going to be listening to me for seven minutes. So what is it that I would really want to share with them? And uh, how best can I bring translate my thoughts into words so that they are able to, you know, they're able to relate with what I'm trying to say. So I think it's um, A, not many people expect too much out of me, but B, I think it's also about, uh, you know, for me to understand and be clear about what is it that I'm doing with this time that I have on stage. Um, and I think your second question was, what have I done constantly that uh, that made me the speaker I am today? Yes, yeah. correct. Uh, wow. So I don't know if I have introspected that deeply, if not for your question, but let me give it a shot. I think the, uh, yeah, the one thing that I think I have done is just been evaluating and reevaluating some of the goals I have. And it's been very interesting because uh, like I was chatting with Vandana just before this podcast recording began. And initially you joined the club to become a better public speaker, right? And that's a very umbrella goal or you be be become a better leader. It's a very umbrella goal. And, uh, and that's an, it's important to have that umbrella goal because that's when you start experimenting with everything, start learning and exploring. But then as you go along, it's easy for us to get into the zone of, uh, um, I'm, I'm missing the right word here, but it's easy for us to get in the zone of being a little repetitive. So, hey, I'm taking up TMOD this month and then I'll take it up next month and I'll do something similar, right? It's easy for us to get into a zone of monotony. So for me, what has worked very well has been to constantly just reevaluate as to, hey, for the next few months, what's going to be one of the important goals I have? So I'll continue to do everything else, but what's my focus like? So for, for example, my currently, 
my focus with public speaking or with my speeches is uh, that i really like to talk about introspective deep philosophical stuff as you might have already guessed <laughs> but <laughs> but my uh, but my goal is how can i make something like this engaging for the audience and so i'm exploring some tools which i've never explored before i'm exploring humor i happen to fail most of the time but it's still a very interesting tool for me to experiment with i'm i'm exploring just uh, having simple anecdotes with deep messages right so it's, it's this was not my goal earlier earlier my goal used to be more directed towards you know how can i leave a message with impact uh, that used to and so every few months it's a, as as you grow and as you learn different skills uh, it, i think it's important to reevaluate on some of your goals and i think the second thing and um, sorry for the long answer to this question but the second thing for me has been feedback uh, just to seek feedback from as many members as i can and then decide on what which feedback is my priority currently and the most important thing my mentor taught me to do was self evaluation so um he used to make me do this exercise where after every speech i gave i would write to him a couple of bullet points of a self evaluation that is not connected to the evaluator's evaluation uh, and that really helped me because now it's just become habitual for me every time i do a role or session i take up a role or just do a speech i come back and do a process of self evaluation so what has helped me i think has been to just evaluate set some goals reevaluate it every couple of months and then um, secondly just seek feedback but also give myself a lot of feedback so yeah <laughs> simply put that's what it's been like amazing so uh, the fact that you know uh, you brought out a lot of pertinent points i'm sure there are just too many takeaways in this podcast for our members just so glad and on that note we also know arna that you are in the space of leadership consulting so just in case our members also are inclined towards becoming professional leadership coaches or communication coaches then how should their approach towards toastmasters be i must disclaim vandana i am not a professional coach i am not a communication or a leadership coach but i do engage with lots of people who are coaches and so i see them and i learn from them um so my answer would be i don't know how relevant it would be to them but i think uh, the only value i might probably add uh, could be that in a platform like toastmasters every member's response to what you are doing or saying is important for you to observe and i i am not saying it's important for you to take that feedback and act on it but i am saying it's an it's interesting to observe every every response to anything that you do or say because as a coach um you are you will be engaging with just a diversity of perspectives and toastmasters i think is the safest place where you can just learn that that art of uh, how do you understand perspectives how do you uh, work with perspectives and choose what is it that you would like to do and i think as a coach the other big skill set is for you to be a um 
to be a catalyst, right? Where you're not being directive. So I am not a coach. If I am going to say Vandana, I think your goal for the next few months should be this. Then I'm not a coach. I'm just being directive. So, and again, then because of that, Toastmasters becomes the absolute uh, safe platform for you to experiment with that. Because over here, like I said, with leadership, you are not, you're non-directive leadership. You're not directing people to do something, but you are being a catalyst on their journey, right? Um, so I, so though I don't come from a first person learning in the space, I think these would be two things that I would see if I would want to, you know, go ahead and become a coach in future. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your perspective on, you know, taking up, you know, approaching Toastmasters from becoming a professional coach or a communications coach perspective. Uh, Arna, like what are some three books that you would recommend anyone looking to be a good leader or anybody who's looking to improve uh, their public speaking or whatever uh, it is that they're trying to achieve through Toastmasters? What would your recommendations be? Oh, well, so reading is something which I miss doing. <laughs> I stopped reading a while ago, but I'll tell you <laughs> two. Ahangi. One is not a leadership or a speaking book in any way, but it helped me figure out, you know, the question of purpose, the question of goals, question of, uh, you know, how do you identify with things that you do? That book is uh, Tuesdays with Maury. Uh, it might be an unconventional part to include in this list, but it was a very significant uh, part of, because I feel so connected to Toastmasters, right? And so for me to rediscover that passion. So, uh, wow, yeah, Anna, fans here, I, fans here. Yeah, <laughs> really? Just to mention, oh, uh. yeah, I introduced Anji to the book and he is also like a fan of the book. So we're like, it's so happy to know that we're three who are like fans. Oh, hey. yeah, uh, we should call of people who love yeah. Tuesdays with Mori. I, know. I think we should yeah. call this podcast fan club of Tuesdays with Mori. Right? <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely a reference to Tuesdays with Mori is there on the is there. <laughs> Yeah, so that book is really, really lovely. The other book uh, is a book called Quiet, which a professor of mine introduced me to. Uh, it talks about uh, an introvert and how an introvert could be a leader. Uh, we often associate public speaking in Toastmasters with extroverts, right? So you have to be out there, you have to be social, you have to do this, you have to do that, network and talk to people, etc. And so when I when I figured and when I discovered that I was an introvert, it was a big shock for me. <laughs> like I can't be an introvert, it's not possible. But uh, at one point I had to I had to realize and I had to accept that, right? <laughs> but at that time I was like, hey, if I am an introvert, can I actually lead? because shouldn't leadership really be about extroversion? And uh, my professor recommended this book, which is really beautiful. It talks about quiet leadership, introverted leadership. I think it's a lovely book to refer to. And the other is not really a book, but is a TED talk that I have, I have extensively used in my sessions. Two TED talks, actually. One is called um, The Leadership Circle by Simon Sinek. He talks about, yeah, it's, it's, he talks about the golden circle of leadership, uh, the what, the how, the why. Beautiful, beautiful TED Talk in my view. Uh, if you have some time, please do check it out. It's on YouTube. And the other TED Talk is called Everyday Leadership. And I just am now forgetting uh, who facilitated that. But it talks about lead, 
like what we spoke about some time back, which is every meeting leadership, right? Where it talks about everyday leadership and how small acts you do every day can also really, you're, you're displaying and demonstrating a skill set of leadership, a beautiful TED talk again. So these would be some of the tools that help me and hopefully uh, you find it enjoyable as well. Well, now for the wonderful set of books and TED Talks, I'm sure all our members and listeners are going to go back right away to catch up on them. And now moving on to interesting, fun session, uh, compensating the amazing few minutes that we've already had <laughs> and, uh, towards that. First question, Arna, which is the rapid fire questions. If you could have dinner with anyone in the world, whom would it be and why? Oh, I'm supposed to answer right away, right? That's rapid. <laughs> so <laughs> you can imagine the state of how less I have dinner with any other human being by my lack of response to this question. <laughs> no getting away. <laughs> Just go for it. Oh, okay. Uh, I honestly don't have, uh, I honestly, okay, yeah, okay, okay. Uh, if yeah. I could have dinner with one person, it would be Dulkar Salman. I'm a huge, huge oh, fan. Oh, wow, uh, tell me about it. <laughs> that's your big fan. I know this is, has nothing to do with Toastmasters, but let's really spend some time talking about Dulkar. I'm, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it'll be Dulkar, yeah. Great. Anji, would you go for the next question? Yeah, so I have the next question. So, do you think you'd like to be famous? And if yes, what would it be for? I think I would not like to be famous. That's yeah. the book quiet talking to you. Yeah. I mean, go, go with the spirit of the question. Like, <laughs> oh, I thought if I wanted to be famous, I had to say why. Yeah, okay. I would not want to be famous because <clears throat> um, I don't think I handle fame well. I don't think I have experience with handling fame. Uh, and I also think that fame sometimes might just take away from what you essentially want to do. So, no, I just like to be a backbencher and just observe everything from far. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you kind of got away from it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the spicy excitement sex session. You yeah, were expecting so next, <laughs> Yeah, the next rapid fire question for you. Uh, let this be like a TT topic. So, Arna and coffee. Go for it. Anna and coffee is like marriage. The, <laughs> now she's getting into this. <laughs> you see, coffee for me is a substitute for many things in my life. Uh, it's a subs. It's like a bandaid, but it's deeper than a bandaid, guys. Like how how should I mention it? It's like meditation for me. I sit in the morning alone with a cup of coffee. Usually people, as they wake up, like Angi would immediately send a good morning text to his, uh, to his crush, right? For me, it's not that. I don't need to do that, right? I just need to sip my cup of coffee and I'll be very happy. in the next question. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
so uh, yeah so so in short vandana coffee to me is what angi's crush is to him yeah let's call it that so i think both doesn't exist so great <laughs> oh vandana i thought you were in my team bro <laughs> this is a group roast session now all okay arna so your next question is what job doesn't exist but you did wish it for it to exist what job doesn't exist uh, i have two answers one is a more fun answer i think just being a fan girl of dulka is a job that <laughs> doesn't exist but if i was paid to do it right because i do it day in and day out uh, i think i would have made a lot of money by now <laughs> the other is uh, i mean to be honest like a lot of our when we put so much of our, our time and our souls into toastmaster roles right you sometimes are like hey i'm i'm doing so much uh, in my particular role because i enjoy it so much and uh, you're like hey okay is it, it which one is my job and which one is my voluntary organization because i really do do enjoy spend doing work with toastmaster so much so yeah petition petition angi for being csf members if you can consider something Awesome, awesome. 